What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Brown Guy Podcast Network. On today's episode, I have with me Josh Castiglione, a.k.a. Castiglionaire. I just wanted to let you all know in advance, we are having some technical difficulties when it comes to our audio, so please bear with us on that. Uh, We'll have it fixed very soon. Okay, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Josh. Yo, yo. Say what's up to the people, Josh. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Josh Castillon, and I'm here live from New York City. I am a photographer, but more generally a multimedia artist who loves working in different mediums and changing it up. Yeah. And I'm also the youngest member of the Bronco Boys. Oh, word. You are the youngest member. I, I haven't even thought about that. I actually, sometimes I actually feel like I'm the youngest member. Oh, yeah, man. The you for up next. Yeah. Yeah, we're a pretty young group, honestly. We are. Yeah. Like, I think our average age is probably like 23 or 24. Yeah. So uh, how does that feel for you? You're, uh, you're part of our collective. Talk a little bit more about that, like being the youngest in the group. But also yeah. you have tons of experience as a, as a creative and like talk a little bit about your creative experience as well. All right. So I started at a very young age. I started shooting at 15 in high school. This old ass camera, the Nikon D5100 was just laying about in my house. And nice. I was just bored one day. And like how I start all my other creative endeavors, I'm like, shit, I'm bored let's learn this let's let's make something productive out of this so i just brought my camera with me to high school every day and oh really yeah after after class i would just always go out to the city and shoot because man we were in new york city it was just beautiful how i could explore my own city through photography and i met so many crazy amazing people through it so i did that until about senior year of high school and then i'm like all right let's take this seriously so i started linking up going to insta meets and all that when insta became a thing and started linking and shooting with people better than me and i started to learn more and more about wow how photography could be a career and how you can honestly find your style within photography so that is all led up to here. Five years later, 20-year-old, still doing photography and branching out into other mediums. Yeah, bro. That's dope. So when you first started, what kind of stuff were you shooting? Like, I didn't know you back then, so I'm not really familiar with your earlier, earlier work. Man, I first started out just shooting my friends after school because I was hella introverted and had a lot of social anxiety. So starting out in photography by shooting my friends would get me more more at ease with using people as a vehicle in photography then i branched out to going out into the streets by myself just shooting around doing street just documenting the new york city street experience seeing nyc through the vehicle of photography opened my eyes and allowed me to you know get over my social anxiety branch out into focusing more into portrait photography where I got super experimental. I really came out of my shell. My journey through photography has been 
definitely a journey of self-discovery. Like, still, I'm discovering new shit every day about myself. So, just like my style, it's just ever-changing. Was there anything in particular that you experienced early on that, like, made it click for you? That, like, I'm good at this. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Back when people weren't getting into photography on Instagram for the clout, and it was just a <laughs> community of just people sharing in the same hobby. I was posting back back in high school, and people would hit me up about what are your rates and shooting for a job. Being a 16 year old, I was like, whoa, what? Like <laughs> actually making money through doing something I like. Wow, that. That's crazy talk. But, but <laughs> as I started to come out of my shell and become more open to new experiences, I said yes to, to a lot of these things and these opportunities. And these opportunities actually led to me getting paid for doing what I love. And yeah, as, a, as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old going on, I was like, damn, I can really do this. And... Albeit I was doing stuff for super low, low rates because I didn't know my worth. Like how much were you charging when you first started? So, man, this takes me back. My first paid shoot, I charged $40. And this white guy who seemed like a big family man executive from some company, (laughs) he was like, oh, can you shoot portraits of me and my family at Brooklyn Bridge Park? And I was like. Whoa, $40? That's crazy. <laughs> man. And I was like, sure, man. And I I did. I met this dude I've never met before. It was a complete shot. stranger? Yeah, a complete stranger. And took uh-huh. pictures of him and his kids in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And funny thing about this was, like, I was 16 and I didn't have a bank account. So he's like, how am I going to send you the money? And I'm like, uh... And he's like, okay, I'll just send you a check. I was like, what? This is wild. And when I deposited that check, I was like, damn. I need to do this shit more often. I would have never imagined that meeting strangers off the internet would be such an enriching experience. For sure. Yeah. I totally know how you feel. Like, when I first got started as a model... um, I was modeling for these guys who I knew from New Jersey. I met them at a this summer camp thing. And they had this brand that they had already started, but it wasn't really, like, working yet. Mm. And it's, like, two years later, or maybe a year later, I don't remember, they hit me up again. Like, I'd seen that they'd been making progress. And, like, they hit me up for, like, my first ever real modeling job. Yeah. And, like, I had never been in, like, a studio setting before where there were stylists and makeup and things like that and other models. And, and it was like, that was such a crazy experience to me. And I think I got paid $40 and I was there for like 12 hours, like making oh. this lookbook. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like I really made money off of just wearing clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's really eye opening, man. Even now, when you think about it and you know your worth, you're like, wow, that, that $40 was, was a gateway into something something awesome something that could affirm your own confidence into you just putting your nose to the grind and 
like actually doing your craft yeah that's such an interesting thing like even though it's such a small amount of money just the the idea and the recognition that you can get paid for your craft is like it's mm -hmm. so empowering when you're when you're just getting started you know like that that first that first experience making money off of your craft is like it's it's mind-blowing you know like you just it, it puts you in a different space and honestly it kind of alters at least for me it kind of altered my whole view on on what i wanted to do in life and what i was going to do in the short term and the long term yeah i agree with that man start out doing something when you are when you kind of suck at it yeah and then watching your confidence and yourself develop as a person as you go along and progress and seeing your worth it just changes you in a way that is super positive and yeah. man i wouldn't i wouldn't trade that for a lot yeah man so thank you to that white guy who had me a 16 year old <laughs> just take photographs of his him and his kids in the brooklyn bridge park man yeah, thank man. you for jump-starting a career and since you're saying thank you i will say thank you and shout out to brown mill company one of my favorite brands out of new jersey for putting you're... me on for the very first time in my life <laughs> oh yeah man always uh, put your homies on yeah man anyway uh let's see who were some of your early inspirations when you got started in this stuff so the people that were inspiring me when i got started were germ cohen he is a amazing nyc portrait photographer he has a gift of just capturing people's personality and just showcasing it on the outside and seeing his photos and their expressiveness through just one frame i thought to myself wow i gotta get on that <laughs> level man okay. and someone else whose creativity inspired me back then too still does was d designs and his crazy conceptual photography i didn't even know what was possible i didn't actually i didn't even know what i didn't know back then <laughs> and seeing him create these otherworldly surreal photos and images got me thinking man experimentation is the spice of life bro and once you get that get that bug for experimentation it never stops and seeing him constantly innovate in color composition shoot ideas just really motivated me to start innovating myself and start finding my own style so yo shout out germ cohen and d designs you guys you guys are the wave yeah i still see them all the time on twitter i see their stuff all the time I don't yeah. know if I follow them on Instagram, but it always pops up in my Twitter feed. All their content. Yeah. yeah they are yeah. sick. They're both super dope. Super, super dope. Also, meeting them in person after like seeing their work online and actually like having a conversation with them. And they're both inspirations as people, too. Because both of them are extremely humble about their craft. It's made me realize, man, that ego is the enemy you just got to create and love creating and yeah, do it for the love of it you can leave your ego at the door because it's all about creations and you feeding your own self-worth yeah so i absolutely agree 
you mentioned something earlier. You, you said the word otherworldly, and it, it kind of made me think about how much you've traveled already at only 20 years old. Like, mm-hmm. you have traveled so much, man. Like, yeah. can, you, can you speak on, like, where you've been and what you've experienced and how it's kind of crafted you as a person and as an artist? Mm-hmm. The first kind of experience with first major experience with travel I've had was going solo to Tokyo. I've always wanted to go to Tokyo after seeing all of these amazing street photos of the Shibuya streets. And and I saved up from all my jobs freelancing to get a ticket and just book the cheapest hostels ever. I just (laughs) needed a bed to rest in. Because I would be out all, I know I would be out all freaking day. So I saved up from all my freelance gigs and just booked the flight, booked the hostels, and never looked back. And that, like two and a half weeks in Tokyo, man, I barely slept because I was just so invigorated by this new place. And it also made me fall in love with cities because. There's so much spice of life, man. Every night I was meeting someone new, photographing them, getting to learn their stories, and just enjoying enjoying spontaneity. Yeah. That's and man. that's that's the thing about traveling with yourself, bro. You don't have anyone to anchor off of. You're just with yourself, alone with your thoughts, and you decide where you go. Yeah. You've got no one to please. No one to hamper you, no limitations. Well, other than monetary, but you just, you just go, and that that trip definitely changed my perspective on where we are in the world and how we treat safety and all of that. Because you know, traveling by yourself is generally seen as you know something negative, like. Oh shit, what if you get lost? Where's the help gonna be at? Yeah. But you know, you've at some point in life you gotta let go of that sense of comfort and security and just do things for yourself. Go do things because you wanna do it, not because anyone else wants to do it with you or oh man, I can't do that because none of my friends are going. You just wanna do it for yourself. And I love it was that. a it was a super culturally, personally, mentally enriching experience. And yeah, that has affected me ever since. I definitely am a a solo travel guy. But you know, I love meeting people on the way. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit jealous of you. Like I haven't I haven't traveled as much alone as I would want to already, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm thankful that my work as a photographer and as a model has allowed me to travel a little bit. Like I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of the states. Like I've traveled in the states for work. I've seen mostly every city in in America, which mm-hmm. is great. But I haven't really expanded much into Asia yet, as I, I really really want to. You know, like I've been living here in the Philippines for almost two years. Yeah, and I haven't gotten to leave. I barely even leave Manila, mm-hmm. but. Even still that, like, I moved to the other side of the world and, and put myself, I, I basically restarted my life from, from the beginning at 21 years old. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, it's like, 
it's been such an enriching experience like looking back on it now from where i was when i started like the way everything has progressed in my life since then and all the people i've met and the new things that i've experienced and new beautiful places that i've seen like it's such a beautiful thing man i I really love it i love this idea of, of being able to travel and experience a new place learning a new culture a new community you know it's so beautiful that must have been a crazy move man it really shows that once you get out of your comfort zone that's when the growth starts and you start learning more about yourself than you've ever done i'm sure you could second that notion man for sure for sure yeah no i definitely learned so much about myself ever since moving here Obviously, when I moved to New York, I, it's not like I, I knew everybody, things like that, but at least I knew the mm-hmm. city. I knew where I was. I knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. But then when I came here, I did not know anything, man, because I hadn't been here. And I, the yeah. last I was in the Philippines before moving here was 2011. So it had been seven years already since then. And like, even when I visited, like, I didn't know anything about the cities or anything like that. I was just with my family, following them wherever, just doing tourism yeah. stuff. And then I moved here and dropped myself into this situation where I was just completely clueless. I was forced to rediscover myself on the fly, you know, recreate my life on the fly just because I I really had to. I had no other choice. That's what it's all about, man. Like, first, you didn't know what you didn't know. And now I love that, dude. I I like that a lot. You didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes there's there's beauty in that. There are no preconceived notions about you, and you can just be yourself and truly find people that you personally fuck with in all ways, in most ways, in another place. And you don't have the, for lack of a better term, trap of familiar people to steer you. You can steer yourself all the way through. Definitely. Let's talk a little bit more about your photography. So yeah. you've been shooting for five years now, you said? Yeah, I would say five years. So what's it been like for you over the past two or three years now that you've, you've kind of you've established yourself, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've kind of figured out what your style is and what you want to do with photography? What, what was that process like for you, getting established? And then how, did you, how have you handled that moving forward as, as a legitimate freelancer in the, in the world of photography? So first, I'll talk about my move from hobbyist to professional. Yeah, I think that's really important. It's a, it's a tough transition to make. Mm-hmm. At first, I was shooting with the Nikon D5100, like I said before. Yeah. I was getting all these jobs. And sometimes at the shoot, my camera would crap out on me. But I'd still hustle through and get the images I wanted. I kept hustling and taking whatever job I could because I knew this old camera wouldn't, you know, survive yeah. the next the next year. So I said, fuck it, man. I am going to invest in myself, invest in this potential career and save up from all these freelance jobs to get myself a new camera and did my research and I got the Fuji X-T1 and that was a game changer for me because now I could go all in and have little to no limitation on what I could do. 
so I started developing more of my style as I got more ingrained into the practice of my camera and started to, you know, settle in with artists and photographers who I knew and those that were better than me because my reasoning was if I shoot with photographers and, you know, conversate with artists who are better than me, then I as a youngin can learn from their experience and in part integrate that into my own. Within that one year between like when I was 16, 17, I've improved so much and met so many people who connected me to other people and connected me to so many more opportunities. That's when it led to my first major job when I landed this campaign for Nike. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And when I was, was uh year was that? Oh man, that was That was years ago. We did that, that together. Was, yeah, that was years ago. I think 20, I was still in college when we did that. Was that twenty seventeen? Yeah, I think so. I was definitely still in college when we did that. I remember I was coming out of class. This is before I dropped out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we did that in uh, like October of yeah, yeah, 2017. Yeah. yeah. And a little background on that. I checked my email one day and I saw this subject of Twitter, X Nike, shoot. And I was skeptical because like you, you know, about like spam emails and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? This is crazy, man. I'm just 17. No way <laughs> Nike's going to hit me up for something like that. Yeah. And lo and behold, man, I opened up my email and there was this really official looking like header and all the details pertaining to this campaign for Nike and NFL's collaboration for their jerseys. And that that's actually my first time I ever gotten such a formal contract yeah and that really changed the game for me actually the budget was 1k and uh coming from 40 dollars to 1k <laughs> and a nike campaign for a shoot uh that was that was just bonkers for me and, and that's 17 years old man that's 17 years old yeah they didn't even give me a brief on the direction of it they just said we love your style do whatever you want with it give us your sizes and i'm like okay here here and here and as soon as i got the stuff i hit you up i remember yeah, yeah. then i'm like all right man do you want to shoot for nike <laughs> when are you free yeah let's and do it yeah you were like casually yeah fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> man that's yeah. so crazy to think that you were doing that already at 17 like it's it's so wild to me that you started off so young that yeah. you, you established yourself so young to the point where you could get jobs like that already at 17 yeah that's the phenomenon of social media instagram coming into play too yeah because the photography world has become so ubiquitous man it's everywhere yeah, yeah. It makes it so much easier for 
companies like Nike to, you know, scout new talent, potential photographers, image makers, models, artists, all that. Like you see stuff like SoundCloud today where people are blowing up off of one song and it's just the internet age, man. Crazy, crazy amount of speed. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Sharing. So and, at, that, at that point, you and me had already been shooting together for, I think we probably yeah. known each other for like six months at that point. Yeah, six months. Also, this was my first experience with um, having a big enough budget to pay a homie. Yeah. <laughs> and actually work, working with a homie, like substantially for a paid shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Like paying paying people for their time and working with friends, actual friends on something something amazing was a great experience and has led me to like keep supporting keep supporting the homies and whatever they do and just you know give give back in a way yeah man i think that was a major milestone for both of us in our careers like i had already been working um i had already been modeling for some big companies at that point prior to that happening yeah oh yeah but that one was major for me and for for you as well, I think, because like you said, that was the first time that we really got to work together on something su- substantial. Like a lot of the a lot of the photos that we were doing in the past were really just hobby photos. It was just for fun, just for just exactly. for social media content and stuff like that. Versus this time, mm-hmm. we were getting paid serious money to make a campaign at like so young. I, if you were seventeen, I was probably nineteen at the time. Yeah, man, that it's crazy. Yeah. The internet. Can really speed up your uh your growth as yeah, a for sure. professional and really equalize the playing field for so many people like regardless of age or ethnicity or like whatever else like yeah. everything becomes more more equal more attainable there's less gatekeeping yeah so let's let's talk a little bit more about our background like not really how we met but how we kind of got started for for those of you who don't know uh, we t- I talked about this a bit in the previous episode. Uh, Josh and I both are part of the Barangay Boys, or Barangay. Uh, yep. We are an artist collective that we started in uh, in 2017, in like mm-hmm. June 2017. And yep. um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about how we kind of got this all started. I, I mentioned it in the previous episode. Like we mm. we started this thing just as a group chat on Facebook because it was just all the homies. And we were all photographers. Things kind of just grew from there. So you want to talk a bit about your experience as part of the collective? Yeah, man. So like how we all got together initially was yeah. through through <laughs> meeting back. each other. Yeah, way back when we all regularly went to Instameets, we'd yeah. always see each other and we'd, we'd be like, yo, dude, are you Filipino? <laughs> and then that it would just snowball from there you know yeah, that's, that's true that's the gateway question man are you filipino back then i was just hearing about your stories and how some people moved all the way across the country to get to where they are just to you know get a chance at doing something great yeah was inspiring to me you know brown guy was meant to be man we all had equal similar passion for creating 
we were all about repping our own culture, repping where we're from, and we just wanted other people to feel that connection and to get on a platform where they haven't been before. Getting into exhibits and shows and showcasing, we wanted to break down the gates and have everyone involved from all cultures. Then we talked about doing art shows, and that really started it for us. Our first New York City art show sold out, man, in Harlem. We had 300, 200 plus people in there. 300 plus. 300 plus. We weren't even that big on Instagram. We were just well ingrained within our community. We wanted to put a show together to showcase like our own vision, our culture. And that was really a game changer, man. Coming from being a 15-year-old to having a sold-out art show with some of your bestest homies that you met off the internet was a game changer. And we've continued to do that thus so far. We have so much so much more cities to go. Yeah, but man, that's very true. We will get there. Yeah, New York, Manila, <laughs> Los Angeles so far. Yeah. All through us, no other middleman. Yeah. We all did it we all did it ourselves. And yeah, the whole think, experience has been beautiful. I think for me like um my career as both a photographer and a model like completely changed. Completely changed when we started this group. Yeah. Like when when we started this group, I got so many more opportunities. Um like I was able to kind of build my craft as a photographer because i was mm -hmm. constantly surrounded by you guys and yeah you guys are super super talented and like obviously i do a different type of photography than basically everybody else in the group yep but i still was able to like take so much inspiration and knowledge from you guys critiquing my work and just just analyzing what you guys do and, and learning from that how you guys create images and also like the from the modeling perspective like like yo like there was a time where we were shooting like several times a week like oh yeah <laughs> just consistently i was i was getting my 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 camera time my screen time like yeah. just consistently getting to practice working in front of the camera as well as behind and yeah. like oh like i learned so much about myself in that in that time period like when we first got started that whole first mm -hmm. year was like like yeah. really just learning my craft both of my crafts and like yo it took me so much further so much further that is what great friends are for man like you you develop your <laughs> homies you support you, your homies That's man <laughs> yeah and also i'd like to think that you are a summation of everyone you surround yourself with so you were just improving yourself and feeding off this great creative energy i definitely was doing that too and yeah. it turned into something Something awesome, man. Bronga is Bronga is the way. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit more about you, man. So yep. right now you're in college at Fordham University, right? Yep. And you're also in the you're in the ROTC program. Yeah, Army ROTC. Right. So you're in the Army ROTC. So so what's that been like for you? Like, what's what's school been like? What's the mm -hmm. Army been like? And how does that affect your creative process and your life as a creative? Yeah. 
Okay, so the three main like things for me right now, aside from photography and art, our school, Army ROTC, the Army, and the Filipino community in New York. So first going on that school, I am a new media and digital design major with a minor in marketing at Fordham University. It's great to learn the business side as well as the art side, especially yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And, and through the new media digital design program, we basically get to experiment in many different mediums with many different programs. And we learn the practical applications, what the industry standard is, and how to critically analyze the things such as technology and social media and how to integrate that into the arts as well as you know just flexing your creativity and that, making that super, into a business that's super cool that you you get that experience from college because when i was in college man so mm -hmm. for context i dropped out of college after two years uh mm -hmm. i was also studying new media um in basically the same practices as you as a you know yep. kind of dabbling in everything but kind of focused in photography as a as a life choice you know but um yeah i didn't really have that experience and i think that's that's kind of why i i left school like i didn't feel like yeah. i didn't feel like i was really growing through the education system that i was in i went to hunter college no disrespect yeah. to hunter college at all like go hunter all the way <laughs> but but like i didn't really feel like i was gaining as much as i wanted to through the school system because i was already gaining so much outside of the school system yeah and, and there yeah, there comes a point when you're a creative where you have to analyze, all right, how much is school going to be worth it to you at your point in time, at your current skill level? Different people, different people got different thresholds, different decisions, different, you know, rationalizations about that. And, you know, you just got to figure out whether school is worth it for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, the way that media is going and how the art world is going is that, you know, school is really just optional for if you're trying to go into a creative field, creative career. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's so interesting. Like, I, I had such a big mindset, mindset flip, like, because when yeah. I was in school, I was like, just focused on my craft and I wasn't really trying to learn anything else. But then once mm -hmm. I got out of school, I like I started to expand myself so much more once I had the free time to do it. Like I've studied so much of art and marketing and, and business mm -hmm. and philosophy and like so much more since I left school. And so I've, I've really come to realize that I guess school is just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> like it really was not for me. I have to learn in my own way, in my own pace. Like I, I read yeah. so many books and I listen to so many podcasts. Oh yeah. And like that that was like the only way. I, I didn't realize that when I was in school. But mm. now I've come to realize like that's that's the only way that I really learn when it's on my own pace, on my own control. And it's not like I take it slowly. Like I kind of I kind of force feed myself knowledge every single day. You know, mm. like like I, I'm, I'm continuously learning and studying. Mm. And that was something that I couldn't do while I was in school for some reason. Like I yeah. just, 
I never really got to that point where I could uh, find more value in in studying. I guess yeah. I guess school, yeah, school just wasn't really for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, for you, you're in school studying and, media, mm -hmm. and you're also in the military. Like, what's it mm -hmm. like being in the military while also being in school? Oh man, it, every day is a balancing act between like creating something like forwarding my forwarding my artist career like trying to keep up with grades and projects and deadlines and also like waking up at god knows like two three four in the morning to get to pt and damn you know, man work on leadership and field craft and doing Oh man, one time I did like a 26 mile ruck march through the streets of Manhattan. Damn. With the whole program and man, I couldn't walk. <laughs> I <laughs> I could I couldn't walk the day after. I called my like I didn't call my teacher. I emailed my teachers and I was like, "All right, I just did I just did 26 miles with 30 pounds on my back. I don't think I can walk to class." Uh, can I <laughs> Can you just give me the work and I'll do it from home? Yeah. And yeah, it every day is a balancing act. When you're in school as an artist, it is very hard to keep your motivation up. And you got to decide for yourself, what is the point of all this? What are my personal goals? And how is school going to integrate into whatever you're trying to do yeah so school school for me is integrating in a way because the army is actually a very crucial thing for me so how i got started with wanting to become an officer in the army was me coming to america as an immigrant so actually i wasn't born in the states i was actually born in kuwait oh yeah i forgot that yeah. that's very so, interesting both of my parents were overseas workers from the philippines and my mom was a nurse my dad was i think doing like handyman work maintenance work and man my parents never stopped telling me that when they signed up to go to Kuwait, at that point of their lives, they were so downtrodden and they wanted to get just out of their current situation in the Philippines. And they were they were so poor, man. So, so poor. Yeah. And they did whatever they could to work, make money for their families, send money back home. So both of them found their way to Kuwait through agency jobs and they met through church <laughs> and yeah Filipino Classic. experience man Classic and experience. then I was born and they did not want to raise me in Kuwait they were like this is not the place to raise our child we want to go to the states we want to have a better life we don't want to go back. We want to, yeah, just raise our child in America. And my parents interviewed 
at the U.S. Embassy four times, three wow. times, they got denied. Wow. And on the fourth time, they got approved because funny thing is they brought me on the fourth time and I was just a little baby, chubby cheeks and all, the whole pack. <laughs> yeah. And I was in a blue onesie. And the interviewer was actually from Flushing, Queens. Nice. They, they were like, oh, man, this baby's so cute. Y'all, y'all have to head to Queens because you guys would like it. There's a huge Filipino community. Then my mother, like, she had a relative who was also in Queens. And it was just all the more reason to move to New York. Yeah. So they made the craziest move of their life, moved halfway across the world to New York and ended up in Queens, flat, broke, like a lot of immigrants do. Yep. And they had to work their asses off while, you know, having me and raising me and my sister who was born in yeah. the States. That, it's, it's amazing. That you, it's beautiful that you bring this up. Like, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. I don't know mm -hmm. if you listen to Gary Vee. I listen to Gary yeah. Vee every day. And like one of the things that he really talks about, which mm -hmm. I don't think it really applies to most of his listeners, but he really yeah. believes in it as something that, that's kind of pushed him to the, kind of to become the person that he is today. Uh, it's the immigrant mentality. Yeah, and it's so you're important. In, when you're an immigrant in America and you're experiencing that where you're like starting fresh and your head broke, like mm. you get this mindset of of just work, 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 work. Like yeah. it's just a hustle thing. You know what I mean? It's this hustle mindset. And like I think like my parents are the same way. They're both immigrants from mm. the Philippines. And I think it's the same thing. Like it relates perfectly. It's like they had this, they knew that they had to do whatever it takes to raise their family in a better place than where they were before. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me personally, and probably for you as well, like that's instilled that mindset. Like it's still with me every single day. Like I just have to hustle, have to hustle all the time, even though I'm now back in the country that yeah. my parents came from, <laughs> which is so funny. Like yeah. I, I moved back here after they raised me there. They've been there for 30 years in the States yeah. and I've been here for two years now in the Philippines. Like who could have seen that coming? But still coming back here, I come back with the knowledge and, and the mindset of of the immigrant mentality and, and like how much we have to hustle on a daily basis. But also New York has a lot to do with that, too. That hustle. Oh, yeah. That hustle. New York hustle, bro. The New York hustle. Life is different, man. The life is different. <laughs> and but, yeah, man, the hustle manifests itself in different ways. Some people, it leads them to back to the Philippines. And that's their hustle, man. So for for myself, it led me to want to serve my country and yeah. to give back to the city, most especially that did yeah. so much for me and my family to have a better life and yeah. to start new, start fresh, and yeah. to live in such a, a vibrant community full of diversity. Man, I, yeah. that just like as a as a high schooler, like figuring out my choices. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. And I was like, man, like I, I got to serve at least, at least for my, for the country that gave so much to me and my family. That's, that's and, amazing, man. Like I, I come from a military background as well. Yeah. 
my mom was in the military. My both my brothers were in the Air Force. Yeah, and you know like, how it is. I know how it is. Yeah, I, and like, so how has that been for you? You know, like mm. obviously you're still so young and you've accomplished so much already, but you're also in yeah. the army. Like, what's that experience been like for you? What's your daily life like? Like, yeah. you have to go to PT every day. Uh, every other day. Some people got to go. Like every day it depends on your program, but for me every other day. And honestly, I've like the diversity of communities that I'm in, whether it be the artist community or the community in the army, I have met a lot of great people who have affected me in a variety of ways. And my value with the army is that I get to learn about leading people, how to manage people, how to become a creative leader, how to become a transformative leader. Per se, we come into a lot of physical challenge, mental challenges, other hurdles that we got to get over just to, you know, commission as an officer. And I've always grown up as a person who's, I really liked challenge. Challenge and me are like a magnet. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. And like, you know how it is. You see a challenge and you just want to. You just want to like, get over it, and it just feels so much better in the end. You like learn so much, and even though you were struggling, and it was so hard, and you were so tired, you did it. You're alive. Like, yeah. I have this thing about happiness that I think yeah. I took. I think I took it from The Obstacle is the Way, a book by Ryan Holiday. Mm. Um, I think I took it from him. Um. The idea is that happiness is problem solving. Yeah. And so I really believe that the way that I find happiness, satisfaction is from problem solving. So every time that I'm faced with a problem, a challenge, I have to achieve it and then I find happiness. But then with that, it unlocks a whole new set of challenges and problems. Oh, so yeah. there's, always, there's this ongoing aspect of my life where I know that kind of it's not the only thing, but a lot of my happiness stems from accomplishing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually that's actually an interesting metaphor that um like Holiday puts up. Because I can I can definitely relate to that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh talking talking specifically, recently I went to uh, a thirty seven day it's a requirement for all like prospective army officers to do. It's like officer training. And for those 37 days down in Kentucky, I met so many different people from like different backgrounds, like places in the U.S. that people in New York love to flame. Like they were <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like I met people from like the most rural of areas and like people from the most cosmopolitan of areas. Yeah. And had to work together with them, had to solve problems with them, had to struggle with them. And it really showed me that even though I'm going through all these challenges, like this person might not see eye to eye with me or this person, you know, just straight up discriminates against me. I got to get through this. I got to solve this problem. There is something to learn from this hardship, this obstacle, I love that feeling. Yeah. I wanted to uh, 
touch on this one experience that I've had. So during those 37 days, we were assigned weapons. I was a part of the weapons squad. So what the weapons squad does is we handle the M240 Bravo, which is like this big machine gun. Yeah, And that's, that's one of our uh, main tasks is to carry this huge machine gun around, maintain it, and just like wreck face with it. So that's one day, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was crazy being from a no guns place like New York and like yeah. just going to straight up handling that was amazing. So me being the smallest guy, five seven, Filipino kid, and my my squad mates were all like weightlifters or like six <laughs> six six dudes, and like out of the blue when we were getting assigned our weapons and I knew someone had to carry that like 27 pound weapon throughout the whole 15 days of the field, they called my name and I was like, in my mind, I was like, what? I'm the smallest guy. (laughs) But also in the back of my mind, I was like, hell yeah, I like a challenge. Yeah, dude. And carrying that on top of like 35 pounds in my ruck, that's like for a total of like 62 pounds throughout like the whole 15 days I was out in the field and doing like mock missions and all that. I must have carried that thing like over 100 miles. Damn, man. And like having having that challenge, having that hardship, having that struggle and you know just powering through it like people in my platoon which was like 35 people a lot of people were like damn this if this small filipino 57 kid can lift this heavy machine gun all day then what am i doing like complaining about my own situation <laughs> when i'm carrying like 27 pounds 27 pounds less than this guy and he's like a whole foot shorter than me <laughs> And people were people were saying, "Man, Castillon, you hype me up, man." And <laughs> dude, I felt I felt real good about that. That's dope, man. So, like, big big takeaway from that story is I look for those challenges because you are definitely going to learn something. You are definitely going to struggle, suffer, lose sleep, or or worse. But you. You will be alive, you will get through it, and you will learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, it's all part of the yeah. struggle, man. Yeah, Yo, man. How, how are you with the gun? <laughs> uh, so, actually, being from New York and it being such a, such a restricted like city for guns, I didn't know, I didn't know shit about using a weapon. <laughs> And I was being schooled by all the dudes from Alabama, the Midwest, who <laughs> grew up with guns. This one dude from North Dakota could shoot a gun in his backyard, man. Like, these huge-ass assault rifles. Imagine that. Shooting wow. that in your like backyard and, like, just going to town. Man. So all these guys were just teaching me and helping me out. And they were being very, very, very helpful. So... They, I just soaked up everything like a sponge. 
it was like when I was talking about photography. When you're with people better than you at a certain thing, that means you're doing something right. Yeah. If you're the smartest guy in the room, then you're in the wrong room, man. Yeah. You got to be always learning, always looking to better yourself. And I definitely was not not the uh, most gun-savvy guy in the room. So I did <laughs> learn a lot about that. And, yeah, I, I actually got got pretty good on the on the M4, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you a sharpshooter? Yo, I remember my mom tells me, my mom reminds me all the time for some reason that she was a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah. And then my brothers um, are not sharpshooters, so she always brags about that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mom, if you're listening, which I know you are, go shoot some guns. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I definitely was not a sharpshooter, but being from New York, and qualifying on my first time on the M4 after not knowing shit about guns, I think it was an achievement in itself, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. That is great, man. Speaking of achievements, uh, yeah. you have any personal goals coming up like that you have set for yourself in the next year or two, short-term goals, or even long-term goals? Let's start with short-term goals. Like, Do you have any yeah. short-term goals right now? Short-term goals is to you know, come out with a new project before this year ends just visually and actually just making it through this semester intact also building up my professional image my career a little more like actually making a linkedin (laughs) yeah it's all good bro you're still mad young (laughs) yeah but hey i i see you i see you on it i see the rest of uh rest of these industry people on it and i'm like wow even as a photographer or creative like linkedin is a definitely a useful tool for sure yeah so short term definitely those long term like getting better at learning new things and actually trying to perfect or at least get my own style in the mediums that I'm learning now, such as yeah, let's go sound. into that more. Like, what else yeah. are you working on? So, currently, I'm working on sound design and music production. Nice. And I've actually put out um, like a couple tracks. If you search up my tag on Instagram, you'll see. If you search it up on SoundCloud, you'll see uh, the couple of tracks I put out. But I'm just like experimenting with the possibilities that you can do in sound after listening to guys like Jay Dilla, Flylo, Nujabes, and seeing that this art form, just like photography and digital manipulation, there are so many possibilities and combos and little intricacies that you can learn. And knowing... That there are so many possibilities knowing the unknown just makes sound such an intriguing art form to delve into. And for the past year, I've been experimenting with sound, learning what I can, and just producing beats here and there, sketching sound ideas up in Logic Pro, and just seeing where it goes from there. 
that's tight, man. That's tight. Yeah. Right now, actually, I nailed down a freelance gig as a composer and oh, a uh, sound engineer for this documentary. Wow, bro. What the hell? So that so that's a new that's a new experience. Like I, I met this friend who was a documentary director at actually Fordham. And he is producing a documentary on something about his trip to Japan and something with his family. And he actually asked me after I presented my sound design like project in class to compose and score his whole documentary project. Wow. And me primarily being a visual guy, but still experimenting in sound, I was like, damn, man, you, you trust me that much to yeah, have like, score yeah. your own like documentary, like a very personal documentary. And he replied, yeah, I trust. Like I've seen the quality of your work and I trust your vision. So that's just wild to see like how the professional progression in another field goes yeah. and delving yeah. into that. Cause I do like to learn on the fly and this is definitely an opportunity to learn on the fly. Yeah. That's super dope, man. That's yeah, super man. Dope. yeah. I hope you continue to just keep learning, man. Keep working on that craft because yeah. why not? You know, like there's so much time. There's so much we can do and there's so much opportunity at our fingertips. Like why not keep learning? Why not keep practicing new things, new skills? Yeah, man, there's so much free information on the internet. Like, <laughs> how, how could you not learn YouTube these university. skills? Yeah, man, YouTube University. Like I always say, YouTube University, man. <laughs> I You can learn everything. You can learn so many crafts from YouTube. For sure, man, for and sure. That's, that's how I learned most of my sound design, just from YouTube. And photography, too. Like, I learned most of my editing skills from YouTube and just experimented from that foundation of knowledge. Yeah. So just use the internet as a resource, and you're, you're going to go places. You're, you'll be made. Just keep consistent and keep learning. Yeah, man. <laughs> so we've been okay. on here for about an hour now. Oh, do you have something yeah. else you want to say? Uh, no, nah, nothing comes to mind, man. Oh, word. All right, so I just had a couple, like, closing questions for you. I think yep. we're I think we're we're coming towards our end here. Mm -hmm. uh, since we've been talking about learning, I wanted to start with like, what are some some uh, some books or podcasts or anything that you've been consuming that you think are are valuable to to share with other people? Oh, okay. So this one podcast that has been an amazing resource to me has been the Art of Manliness podcast. As well as the Jocko podcast. So let me describe them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Art of, Art of Manliness podcast goes and hosts a bunch of like experienced people of their craft or people who have had amazing, amazing lives and just goes into depth and detail on the lessons they've learned through their lives or just what they've learned through their like very interesting studies 
and allows those people to impart their lessons on a bigger audience. And the slew of topics they go through is amazing, and they are all interesting. So like, I'd love to listen to that podcast in the morning and learn something new every day. The other podcast is the Jocko podcast, and it's more for um, like my military guys, but oh, also perfect. for my um, just guys who want to get their mental game right. Word. Their le- yeah, I'm leadership. Not familiar with that. So can you talk a yeah. little more about that? Yeah. So the Jocko podcast, like Jocko Willink, is a ex Navy SEAL, and okay. he wrote the book about extreme ownership. I think it's called Extreme Ownership. Oh, I like what, that. I like yeah, that. What that book's about is just whenever you make a mistake as a leader, you own it. It doesn't matter who made the mistake or what happened. You have to take ownership of that. Full ownership. That's what a leader will, like leader has to do. Take ownership. Take responsibility of your choices. Don't blame it on circumstance. Don't blame it on anyone else. You are the one that controls your reactions and your actions. And in this podcast, he goes about diving in to how to get your mental game right, how to be a leader in stressful situations, and how to stay calm when everything is falling apart around you. And keep that personal accountability. So that has also been a very crucial vein of information for me. Yeah, that's super dope, man. That's kind of why that's like why I listen to Gary Vee every day. Yeah, he preaches. He really preaches about accountability. And for him, for context, he's the CEO of major million dollar companies, billion dollar companies. Mm-hmm. And like even at that level, he still finds he still considers himself to be accountable and responsible for everything that happens everything that happens within the company. So if something good happens, he might not get praise for it and he doesn't need to. But if something mm-hmm. bad happens, it's always his fault. Everything mm-hmm. is his fault. It's his own doing as the CEO of the company. And so like even at that level, knowing like, yes, I'm going to take accountability for absolutely everything that happens here. It's just taking ownership and knowing how to take ownership because like it kind of it, it guides you through a mindset of you know, aiming for positivity all the time, I think. And yeah, I just I just really like the idea of accountability. I think that's something that I'm really trying to push home as well in my mind every day. Yeah, man, the whole world needs all of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any books you're reading right now or anything you've read recently that are like that you, you really grasped, on, grasped onto? So for, I think, all-time favorite book for me, that I keep coming back to is How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Classic. Yeah, classic book. I was That was the book that changed it all for me when I was starting out in photography as a high schooler and has stayed with me throughout all my other experiences through life because like, as a high schooler, I had intense social anxiety I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wasn't interested in hearing anyone's story. And then when I read that book and implemented like Carnegie's practices into my daily life, I started having more 
fulfilling friendships have started coming out of my shell. And those fulfilling friendships have turned into great relationships, business relationships, just lifelong, lifelong friends that will keep forever. And it's molded me to the point where, like, I can go anywhere. You can drop me anywhere, and like, I can talk to anyone. Like, I will be interested in their story. It doesn't matter who it is, man. Like, I want to know their story, and I want to know where they're coming from. Yeah. It doesn't like doesn't matter about like political views or like orientation or like none of that. Like I want to know. That's about one of you. my favorite things about you, actually. Like mm. I've seen it so much since whenever you come here to the Philippines to visit me. I've seen it like yo, like as soon as you meet people, you go in, man. Like you want to know <laughs> right away. Like that's so cool to me, man. Like like you don't waste any time with that interaction. Yeah, man. Like cut. Cut the small talk, even though, like, small talk is sometimes necessary. Like, I want to get straight into the deep talk and, like, the nitty-gritty, like, what makes you tick. And personally, I think that's the best way to make lasting friendships, relationships, and all of that. Yeah. I got a couple more questions for you. Uh, What's your favorite social media platform right now? All right. I don't know if this counts as a social media platform, but Reddit? Does Reddit count? Oh, yeah, dude. Hell yeah, Reddit yeah. counts. Yeah, like, Reddit is honestly, it's just a website where you got, like, images to articles and words and then, like, a bunch of anonymous people comments. Yeah. But even for something so simple as that, Reddit has taught me so much. I find myself going down a chain of curious things that I want to learn about. And they have whole communities of people who are really involved in a thing such as like the craft of like photography or audio engineering. And I get to see their experiences and learn what they've learned and learn what mistakes they've made so that I can also better mold myself going forward and learning that craft. And also, I just like, love to see the cute pictures of turtles and seals and dog, <laughs> dogs and all that. Like, that, yeah, that shit's dude. dope, bro. That's Reddit dope, is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Reddit is super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. And uh, one last question for you. Yeah. Who, who's somebody on social media that's inspiring you today, like lately, like right now? Mm. You know, I'd have to say my. My homie, Felice.com. She is she is killing it in the social media game. If you don't know, Felice is a Toronto-based photographer who like does crazy amount of portraiture and like creates in such a volume of quality. Like she has always been innovating and creating in her most authentic self. And she's been growing so much, and she's such a great person. Like, I've met her so many. Like, I've met her in Toronto. I met her, like, when she's come to New York. And when you meet her, she has this authentic energy, and it really comes through in her portraiture. 
I can definitely see why people are wanting to shoot with her because she's such a amazing, genuine artist, like yeah. personality wise and art wise. I so, agree more, man. She's one of my favorite people who I've met through through the internet and everything that we've done. She's definitely one of my favorite people I've ever met. She's amazing. Shout out to Felice. I hope yeah. you're listening. And shout out to Zach too. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Zach the homie, homies. man. Toronto homies. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's crazy how like how you can go from not knowing someone to just like seeing their work on the internet and just meeting them in person and having such a genuine connection. That's that's a great part about. Like that's the best part about Instagram for me. Yeah, I and couldn't. yeah, I hope to make many more of those like great like relationships. Absolutely, man. Well, all right. I think that just about does it. You got anything you want to plug? You want to talk a little bit about yourself on social media? See where you're at. Yeah, sure. Uh, just get ready to see a lot of a lot more multimedia shit in the future on Castilian Air and on whatever like platforms i'm on like soundcloud and all that yeah get ready to see a lot more experimentation so tell them where they can find you at uh you can find me at castillionaire it's gonna be on every social media platform almost uh c-a-s-t-i-l-l-o-n-a-i-r-e and yeah just Watch out to see what's coming in store. And go follow the Barangay Boys because we definitely got a lot more shit coming in store in many other cities. Follow Josh over at Castillionaire. Follow Barangay Boys. Follow me if you want to. Alcantara Dominic on Instagram. Don't follow me on Twitter. That's that's (laughs) low-key. Yeah, I think that's about it, my friend. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Talk to you next time. You're...